Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Just like you, I'm an independent retail business owner. I love the home decor and gift boutique I co-own with my sister, but I don't want it to consume me or my life. Join me each week as I share lessons learned, helpful tips, and valuable information for your retail business and life. Whether you're buying your products or making your products, whether you're a 25K business or a $2.5 million business, I'm on a mission to help indie retailers work less, profit more, and grow. Let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to episode 174 of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. I'm really happy to say that I'm back in your ear pods, earbuds, whatever they're called, with an episode that I'm interviewing a shopkeeper. This is a Master Shopkeepers member. Her name is Alex Sanso. She's the owner of Island Life Artisan Gifts. And I feel like it's been a little while since I've done an interview, at least with a group member, because I did the trademark episode recently, but with a group member. So I'm really happy to to share this story with you and talk to Alex. So Alex, you're in Bainbridge Island, Washington, right? That's correct. Thank yep. you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I intentionally didn't ask you too many questions before this because I really want this to just be a natural conversation. You participate in a lot of group calls, but I'm really curious about your journey into shopkeeping. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, How did you end up owning the store that you have now? I feel like we all take a variety of paths into owning stores. Sure. Absolutely. Happy to share that story. And thank you for having me on to share it. I appreciate it. So I guess I would have to jump back. Many years ago, I worked for Walt Disney theme parks based out of Orlando, Florida. And my job was I I was in a department, a creative department that was focused on designing and creating the merchandise that was sold in the theme park gift shops. So I loved working for that company. I love, well, I've always been a fan of Disney. I grew up going to Disneyland in California. So always been a fan. And what I learned from them is the power of creating and developing really great quality souvenirs and mementos that, you know, that represent an amazing experience or amazing trip that a family or, you know, people are taking as they vacation, that these mementos and souvenirs matter. And they were always highest quality and really good artwork and all of that. That just, that was just important. Even if it was just a little magnet or a little sticker all the way up to, you know, whatever it may be, I really learned how to, you know, create art for specifically the use of merchandise. So many years later, moved to Bainbridge Island, Washington. Bainbridge Island, Washington is a beautiful place. It's only a 30 minute ferry ride from Seattle, from the waterfront. And a lot of folks come to visit Bainbridge Island for the day or, you know, for short vacations. It's just an idyllic place. It's a lovely community, great little downtown with lots of wonderful shops. But one thing that I noticed right away after moving here is that while there are some beautiful shops on the island and many of them focus on great gifts and decor and things like that, maybe focused on the Northwest but there wasn't one that was really focused on Bainbridge Island. And more and more over the last few years, Bainbridge Island itself as a destination has become really popular. 
especially for folks, you know, coming from cruise ships that are going to Alaska, for example, they'll take a day trip to Bainbridge. So I thought, hmm, I have this experience with creating merchandise. And I just kind of tried something out. I, I made some artwork and some merchandise of Bainbridge Island. Now, I didn't have a shop at that point, but I did. I approached some shops on the street and they liked what I was doing and some started wholesaling from me. And then as that went on a little bit more, I created more and more things to expand my collection. Eventually, I had a booth at the farmer's market because my collection was getting bigger and bigger. And crazy thing is, what really led me to open up the shop was the pandemic. I had most of my clients, besides doing my own stuff for Bainbridge, I was doing work for other clients in the hospitality industry and designing merchandise for their shops. But of course, the pandemic came along, a lot of those things shut down, and I suddenly had very few clients. But yet, I had my Bainbridge Island things that I, was, I had been creating and making. So a great opportunity came up. I saw a for lease sign in a storefront on Winslow Way, which is the street that where our main downtown core is. It was in a perfect spot on the street, which I had always thought, wow, it would be amazing to have a shop in town here. But little old me as a you know self-employed artist and designer, how am I going to ever afford that? But this opportunity came along. There was an open space. They needed to fill it. They were willing to give me a, a chance without a lease to just try this out, which I thought, wow, if there was ever a time to try this, I'm go- I'm going to try it now. Now, mind you, I had been thinking of this since about 2015, how I would love to have a shop where I could sell my goods as well as other locally made and locally designed goods that focused on Bainbridge Island. So I took my shot and I opened it up in August of 2021. That was my first question is what year did you open? So five years later, after you had the original ideas, original idea, were you in Bainbridge Island in 2015 at the time? Yeah. Yeah. So moved to Bainbridge in 2007. And yes, uh, was living there with my family. And, you know, like, like I said, it was, I could see that there was a market for what I was creating and what I was doing because I was you know, selling it in other shops and having the farmer's market. And I also was, I mean, for several years, I was popping up little pop-up, you know, booths and events wherever I could just throw up a tent and try it. I also, we have a, every 4th of July, we have a major, you know, event here on the island. Very cute, really fun little hometown parade and festival and all of that stuff. So, I had set up a booth at the street fair on the 4th of July for a few years as well and was very successful with that. And after all these times, people would say, oh, so this is great. Where is your shop? Do you have a shop here? And I would say, well, no, but I do sell some things in this store and that store and that store. But I always thought, wow, I'd love to be able to say, yes, my shop is on this street. Here you go. Yeah, no, I yeah. agree. And I love that you did how many years of, I will call it market research. Like how many yeah. years of market research were you doing? How many markets well, did you do and pop-ups? Yeah, 
gosh. I, I mean, if I had to count the exact number, I'm not sure. But over the course between, I'd say between 2013 and let's say 2020, I mean, pr- ranging from literally setting up a pop-up on my porch at my house all the way to the farmer's market where I, you know, uh, had had some, had my booth there. I don't know, maybe 10, 15 you know, times over the course of those years, I had even been talking to some friends who were fellow creatives who also loved this idea. And we kind of had been talking about, maybe we'd come up with some sort of co-op where we do this together. And I had folks who were very interested in that, but most of those people also had full-time jobs. You know, they weren't necessarily ready to just pitch everything into running a full-time shop. And I realized that when that opportunity came up in 2021 and I reached out to some of those folks and they were like, wow, that sounds great, but we j- I just can't do that right now at this point in my life. That's when I realized I'm going to have to do this on my own or not at all. So I'm going to give it a shot. Good for you. Good for you. So Give me a lay of the land. Like how big, how big of a space do you have? How many team members do you have? Okay. The shop is actually in a smaller space than I originally opened up. The space I originally opened up with that for lease sign was a great space, but it was honestly just too big for me. I have a lot of little things and, and I thought, wow, the the space I would really love to have is actually about three doors down, but it was taken up at the time. Well, lo and behold, about a year later, that exact space did come available. Actually, the same same land landlord who has become my friend, she she that space became available. She offered it up to me before she would put it out to you know the world. And I said, yes, yes, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's about it's not huge. It's about oh gosh, I should know this number. Maybe about five hundred square feet, something like that, and, and it. And I have a little outdoor deck space, which also I have, kind, especially in the summer, I've kind of made that into a little extension of the store. So I have space on the deck and space inside the shop. But what's great about that small square footage is that it makes it a great challenge and a lot of fun to find all the little nooks and crannies where I can put things because I'm finding that people really enjoy that journey in the shop. You know, they'll Anybody who spends some time in there um, starts to walk around and they'll kind of comment sometimes like, wow, there's, there's so much in here. Like, this is great. Like, I didn't realize how, you know, how much there was to explore. So I love when people can enjoy that discovery. Yeah. And I, you know, sometimes we think that small spaces can't do beautiful things and that's not true. Right. Um, You know, I just, I've been working one-on-one with a client she has less than 900 square feet and she's a $600,000 business. Wow. So, right. Great. Like, you know, do yeah. not, it's a really good message to people listening to store owners listening. Like if you want to maybe feel lesser than because you have a smaller space than your business neighbor who might have two or 3000 square feet, you know, right. the size of the store doesn't always determine, but I do like that you identified that maybe the space you were in before was a bit too much for what you sell and that a smaller yeah. space would be ideal. I also love that you mm-hmm. explained the customer journey, like that they come in and they like to kind of 
browse and take their time looking at things and see what you what you have in or what you bring in that's new. I also want to kind of circle back to what you said about Disney. We have I feel like I've come across quite a few people in this journey of mine with Savvy Shopkeeper who have worked for Disney and have really appreciated oh, what that business taught them. Yeah, at least yes. more that I can think of. Um, yes. But I love that you said these mementos and souvenirs matter. I love, I want to put that in a graphic because again, like sometimes we think, oh, it's just a tchotchke or it's this or that, but it is, it's a part of our life. It's a part that we, if we vacation there or we have beautiful memories there, we want to remember them by, and we have several souvenir store owners in the group. So I appreciate that that's what all of you bring to the people that visit those areas. You also may yeah. want to visit Bainbridge Island. So you definitely should. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Master Shopkeepers, my mastermind group for brick and mortar retail store owners. If you're craving support, connection, inspiration, and motivation for your retail business, apply to join us. It doesn't matter what stage of shopkeeping you're in, what matters is your drive to work less, profit more, and grow, both personally and professionally. Learn more at SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash group membership. That's SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash group membership, all one word. And just real quick, if I could just say that I'm glad that you pointed out about the thing about souvenirs making a difference, because I have to tell you, I've gone through that thing in my life where I've thought, well, am I, am I really doing something good? Am I, am I simply creating stuff that people are eventually going to throw away? You know, it's just a souvenir. But I have to tell you, when I would go into those, into those gift shops at Disney theme parks and see the joy on people's faces, not just the little kids, but everybody, all the way up to the grandparents, just the joy in finding that special thing that you know they're going to take home and they're going to, they might hold it on onto it for years. And that that's when I decided, you know, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not saving the world. I'm not curing cancer, but I am giving some people joy of giving them a, a nice memory of something that ex- they experienced that they love. And if this little magnet with my illustration on it helps them remember that every day when they open the refrigerator, great. You know, I feel good about that. Yeah. So tell me about your product selection. What is in your store? I mean, we know it's souvenirs and gifts, but is it all handmade? Is it all your items? What is the selection like? Yeah. So when I say souvenirs, and I mean stickers, magnets, patches, um, all of those, you know, t-shirts, all of those things that we think of as typical souvenirs, pretty much almost 100% of that is my artwork that's printed on those things. And a lot of those things are actually printed on Bainbridge Island because we have a really great print, you know, printer uh, Reaper graphics place on the Island that can do all of these things. So, but in addition to those things that I carry of my own, and also that includes art prints as well, sometimes printed on paper, sometimes on canvas. My art style is kind of like a, uh, it's kind of a graphic, kind of reminiscent of like a vintage travel posters, for example. So it's kind of a classic look. But besides that, I love having so many other things that are made by other folks, ranging from 
jewelry. I have like five different jewelers represented in my shop on, on not a very big space, but I've got just a tight little collection of jewelry. I have candles. I have perfumes and scented things. I have really nicely made cutting boards and charcuterie boards that are actually made by my wife who has, this is her um, kind of pandemic newly found passion. She's making these incredible boards that I am able to sell in my shop and people love them. Food, I have some local food. But the thing is, I ha- and I have also some fine art from other local artists. But the thing that's great about my shop being small, it really forces me to curate really tight, small assortments. I'm not trying to offer everything to everybody. I'm not trying to carry, you know, t- 12 lines of candles, but I have three makers of candles who are all women that I've met and they're all within a few miles of my shop and they make wonderful candles. That's fine. That's all I need for that. So I really enjoy the curation. Yeah. And a small space really does get you to focus on what sells well, what do people love instead of off, you know, going wider, maybe you're going smaller, not as wide and deeper because you're finding the the items that your customers really love. Um, right. So right. It, I like the curation process too. I think it's special to a store. And I think when people walk into a store that is really well curated, they sense it, they feel it. So right. tell me, is your business model, is it consignment? Is it wholesale? Is it a mix of the two? It's a mix of the two. When I first started, because I was pretty much starting on my own with my own money, I, it was really important that I was able to consign almost everything that I wasn't making myself of my own products. So I found people who were willing to do that and give it a try. And and that, that worked really well. Now, as the, as the business has been building and I've had a little bit more cash flow, you know, consignment is great, but it's also just, it's a bigger thing to manage, you know, than just ordering wholesale and paying the invoice and you're done with it. I'm trying to do that more now. And I'm buying things directly from most of my artists that I've been carrying for a while. The only things that I really have left that are on consignment are jewelry and fine art pieces that might be bigger ticket items, pretty much. So, and then of course, anything that I make that's my own product, my own art, Obviously, I'm buying that directly from the from a vendor from a manufacturer, and and that is kind of a nice, a different thing. The fact that I in in those cases when I'm selling my stuff, I am both the wholesaler and the I, I don't know how to say what am I? I'm the distributor. I'm the wholesaler. My markup is better because I'm basically buying from myself. So um, so that's nice. Yeah, and um, do you wholesale to other stores then your particular designs and products? Yeah, you know, I I don't right now because our store is so, or I'm sorry, our downtown is so small that it doesn't make sense for me to wholesale to other shops on the street things that I'm selling on in my shop. However, one thing that I have been looking into a little bit, so I don't know if you know that, you know about pickleball? Because pickleball is being played everywhere. Yes. It turns out that Bainbridge Island is the birthplace of pickleball. And it is extremely popular. And so I have, and I get a lot of visitors from all over the world and all over the country. And most of those people from every other state in the country 
they come in and they see my my goods that I've designed around the fact that Bainbridge is the birthplace of pickleball and they're just blown away. They're like, what? Bainbridge Island is the birthplace of pickleball? <laughs> and they get very excited and they they love to buy my things. So I I feel like I've been expanding my pickleball goods more than anything. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that I am kind of looking into. Could I wholesale to, let's say, an online you know, pickleball marketplace. So I've been looking into that. But right now at this point, I'm really just kind of retailing and, you know, maybe just touching a little bit into e-commerce. I really need to focus more on that, but I just haven't had the bandwidth for it. Yeah, that was my next question is, do you have an online shop? Not yet, I'm, I'm guessing. I mean, only? well, I, I do. It's It's pretty small right now. And if anything, I'm probably going to focus on expanding the pickleball portion of the online shop because the thing is because my stuff is so focused on Bainbridge and it is so focused on the experience of being here I'm not you know yes I probably could sell my things if I really pushed it out there on e-commerce but I you know something like pickleball is is something where people can get excited and say oh I want to get a pickleball paddle that was designed on Bainbridge and says it's from Bainbridge, you know, that says it's, it was the birthplace of pickleball. So that's kind of where I'm probably going to put my focus. And I think that's very smart of you, very strategic. I think sometimes people hear me talk about omni-channel retail and e-commerce, and I don't want every, there's a, there's an episode coming up soon about, it's like 10 things Kathy says that people think they have to do, but you don't. <laughs> so I love that you brought this, brought this up because I often hear people say, but Kathy said, I'm like, wait a minute, it doesn't mean <laughs> to everyone. So I love right. that you're conscientious enough to know about your business, that e-commerce doesn't really serve your ideal customer. Your ideal customer is front and center in your store. But then right. you're already thinking outside of the box and seeing a trend and knowing that you can serve that pickleball customer nationwide yeah. and maybe serve them that way. I think it's fantastic. It's so smart of you. So I'm, I'm glad you brought Thank that you. up. So yeah. you recently joined Master Shopkeepers, and I'm really curious what, what led you that way and how did you find me? I think I remember when you booked a discovery call with me, you said something like, I, I found the podcast and I binged it. But I think that's all I remember because <laughs> our, our call was brief. So how did you yeah. find it and what made you join us in Master Shopkeepers? Yeah, well, so I've been kind of getting into podcasts in general lately. And I guess it was, yeah, it was several months ago that, oh, and you had asked me earlier about, do I have staff and team members? And yes, I recently, I, I guess it, several months back, I decided I was getting to the point where I really needed some help more. You know, I've had people kind of helping me here and there, but I really was at the point where if I'm going to grow this business in any way, I need to get out from behind the counter and be able to do some other things. So a couple of things happened. I, I, I did hire someone who she's fantastic as my main full-time person. So between she and myself and another person who's there a good amount of time and a couple of people who are sort of on call, we've got that covered. But then it led me to like, okay, now, now that I have a little bit more time to work on how to do this business, where can I learn more about how to do it? And I think it just popped into my head, like, 
wait a minute, I've been listening to podcasts. Maybe there's a podcast out there that can help me with retail business. And I think I just Googled or, you know, yeah, I just Googled within my podcast app, a search for retail podcasts. Several came up. Yours was one of them. I kind of bookmarked two or three. I started listening to yours and I, I could just tell from the beginning, like, I think this is going to be it. This is going to be rich with content. And when I started to really, and I decided, okay, I'm going to start from the beginning, right? I, I, I'm one of those people like, okay, let's just like go through the whole journey. So I was kind of following along your journey, describing how you were beginning this. And I was just completely sucked in. And I found so much value in the podcast and just what you were giving out for free in these, in these sessions. And I just was just taking it all in. And I just kind of, you know, started to think about a lot of things that you said, some things that you said really affirmed things that I had been thinking, which was great. Other things were like an aha moment, like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And then it just kind of went from there. I just, I've, I'm still binging it. I still haven't caught completely up, but I really, really enjoy it. I get a lot of value out of it. And then what made you consider joining Master Shopkeepers? Was it just that you're like, listen, this is good information. I want more. Like, yeah, let me learn the rest. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. So about a year and a half or so ago, I was a part of another, a similar group. It was uh, mostly focused on women business owners, mostly creatives. It was a really great group. It's still a great group. I'm not a part of it any longer, but it, it's going on and, and it's it's a great thing. I got a lot of value out of that. But the so I was kind of familiar with how these sort of like because she operated her group similarly where everybody in the group is part of the call. It's not necessarily a one-on-one coach. You get something from everybody that's involved. And so when I learned that that's kind of how you operated, I just did a little bit more research into like, okay, so, all right, so what would I get out of this? How, you know, what, what would I get that I'm not getting from the podcast and all of that? And to me, that's some, that, that community that happens when you're part of a group like that is, is really valuable. I really wanted to know about other business owners, other retail shop owners around the country, and particularly any, any that might be around my region. I wanted to know how they how and what they were doing to be successful or to, you know, do what they're doing. So that's kind of where I I was like, I think I want to do this. I think I'm ready to do this next level thing because, you know, I'm not getting any younger. I want to make this thing go. I want it to grow. I want to build on it. And the more, more resources I can tap into to help me with that, it's worth a lot. This episode is brought to you by my free resource, Tools of the Retail Trade Resource Guide, a 28-page downloadable resource filled with software, tools, and equipment recommendations just for brick-and-mortar retail store owners. Learn what I use and what other store owners are using. Visit SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash resources. That's SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash resources and sign up for my newsletter to get the guide. Yeah. And I love that you did your due diligence. I feel like you email, we emailed back and forth several times, mm-hmm. you booked the yeah. 15 minute discovery call. 
I always appreciate that in people. I don't know if sometimes people think like, oh, do I really need to do this? I leave that open all the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to make sure that people feel comfortable joining. And we did. And we hopped on the call. And I hopefully, I think I answered all of your questions. Yeah. So I really appreciated that you're like, listen, I'm I'm ready to make this investment. But is this investment ready for me? Like, is it going to give <laughs> me... everything that I need. So I appreciated that you do that. I appreciate that you show up for as many calls as you do, that you engage and participate in the group. Because I always say like, that's the magic of the Facebook group. You know, when we do show up and actually talk to each other, the group calls are so they're helpful to me. I'm constantly (laughs) taking, (laughs) I learned from you too. So I I love it. What's your favorite part about Master Shopkeepers? Well, gosh, so I'm still fairly new in it. And, you know, I, I, in fact, I haven't even really tapped into, you know, the lab and all the lessons in there yet, because that's something I really want to get into. But, you know, I guess I have to say that my favorite part is really, I again, I'm going to just say the community, even though I, you know, I, I haven't been in there long enough to really know the other members very well, but I'm starting to, you know, see certain names and hear certain names often. And I'm, starting to kind of, you know, get, oh, yeah, she's the one that has this thing that she does. And, you know, this one's over here. And and I, in fact, I think I did connect with one of your other members in that whole, like, oh, you worked for Disney, too, you know, kind of thing, which was really great. So it's just, I think, just knowing that that group is there that I can tap into anytime with any question. I know you say this a lot is, you know, even if you never go into the lab, you literally can search the Facebook group with your topic. And there's probably going to be many answers and discussions that will come up just on that topic. Then if you don't find it, then ask the question. And, you know, I I haven't, I don't think I've actually put a question out there yet. I can't remember. I don't think I have quite yet, but I know that time's going to come and I'm going to feel very comfortable doing it because are full of their experience and they're willing to share it. And that's just, that's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, it's just, people are very open in the group I think, because it's, a yeah. safe, it is a safe space. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what's, what's next for you in your shopkeeping journey? Do you have a bigger vision or goal for the gift shop? Uh, aside from the maybe the pickleball, I'm I'll laugh and I'll reach <laughs> out to you like we want all your pickleball products like we're ready yeah. to buy. Other than yeah, that, yeah, any yeah. other big plans for Island Life? Yeah, it's gosh, I don't. I, I've asked myself this question. You know, it, it, first of all, I have to say, I opened in August 2021, and here we are in June or June 2023. I, I can't believe. I'm not even two years old yet. I feel like I, <laughs> some ways I feel like I've aged five years, but it, but it's a good feeling. Like I have never been so energized to do something and to work on something so hard. So it is hard work. And I know we all know this, those of us who own shops, it's not easy, but it is so rewarding. So to answer your question, what's my, gosh, I don't know. Like, I, I'd like to say that in some years in the future, maybe I can, maybe I sell the business so that I can continue to create even more 
artwork, because I will say that is probably my biggest challenge right now is that because I run the shop and I also contribute the majority of the graphics and the artwork and the design for the products in the shop, my mind is always reeling with new ideas, new projects, new everything. Like just this morning before I met with you, here's what happened. I I got this brainstorm the other night that I want to create a a pickleball paddle design because I have three designs now that are custom printed with my artwork on pickleball paddles. I wanted to do one for the 4th of July because we have our big event coming. So I'm thinking that's a month away. I need to design it now and I need to get it to my manufacturer and see if they can actually get me some paddles in time for the 4th of July. So I woke up at 3.30 in the morning with this idea in my head, (laughs) managed to get myself back to sleep. But then, you know, before I met with you on this call, I worked on the design and, and I, I, it, it's, it's done and I have sent it off to my manufacturer and asked them, can you do this? So I would love to have more time in my life to create more awesome product. So that, that's, the, that's the rub. It's like creating that time. Find maybe it's having more staff to, do delegate, to be able to delegate more is probably my next step. And those are two things I was going to say, like the ideas for most of us entrepreneurs, everyone listening probably is shaking their head. Like, yes, the ideas are endless. Like we're constantly, our minds are constantly racing with ideas. And the other point I wanted to make is, yeah, especially you as a, as a designer and as a maker, it is going to be incredibly important for you to delegate and get some of those or a lot of those things off of your plate. So you can focus on your zone of genius, right? Like you shouldn't be the one doing the admin tasks or some of the the repetitive tasks that can be assigned to someone else because really right. your magic comes from your design talent and that kind, yeah. you know, I kind of wish sometimes I had that so I love that so you want to make sure <laughs> yeah. that you give your space give yourself space to do that so really quickly yeah. and just we have to wrap this up in just a few minutes but in sure. just a few words almost like rapid fire fashion what's your Favorite... Ah. <laughs> I promise this is easy. This is going to be easy. What's your favorite thing about shopkeeping and your least favorite thing about shopkeeping? Oh, goodness. Favorite thing about shopkeeping is seeing all of these people come in from around the world and get so excited about the things that they see there and, and chatting with them about where they're from and, and what they're doing and how their cruise was and all of those things. So my favorite thing is definitely being the gateway. I feel like I'm the gateway to the world because my my store is literally like almost at the foot of the main shopping street. So oh, it's kind okay. of like a lot of people's first stop or yeah. last stop. And we've even started, we put up a, a world map and a US map where we let people who buy things, like if they want to put a little red dot where they're from. And I can't tell you how excited they get do that sometimes they'll take a picture of themselves putting the dot on and I I just love that that is such a great just, idea can you take a picture of that and share it in master shopkeepers yeah I totally will that. I love that yeah totally that's a really great idea for souvenir shops for people in big tourist yeah. areas and that's fun it's yeah. interactive what's your least favorite thing so the least favorite thing gosh it has to be <laughs> anything to do with numbers I can't stand <laughs> it like I, you know, like whether it, you know, I don't know the, uh, the expenses, the, the, the reports, the, all of this stuff, you know, (laughs) 
I just so, recently, I just recently booked more time with my bookkeeper. Like she's taken on more of my stuff, my bookkeeping stuff. And let me tell you, that's going to be worth every penny. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, if, if you don't love it, delegate it. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and you're either going to love me, Alex, or you're going to hate me in the group because I talk about numbers all the time. Oh, I know you do. <laughs> I know someone needs to someone needs to crack the whip. So you just go on and do it. <laughs> well, I want everyone to know what's your website, where can they follow you? Where can they contact you about pickleball stuff? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's your website? Okay. The website is Island Life bainbridge.com so that's b-a-i-n-b-r-i-d-g-e okay my face my facebook and my instagram is uh at island life b-i and yeah i mean as far as and, and you know as far as the pickleball things and all of that if, if you go to my website and you go to the shop section of the website you will see some pickleball things but I would just tell everybody like there is so much more that I, I have that's not currently on the website. So, you know, hopefully I will update that as time goes on. But if there's anything that people are just like, oh, my gosh, do you have this thing or that thing? I always encourage people to just reach out or, you know, if they've been to the shop and they get back home and they want something that they remember, I can always reach out to me. I mean, should I give you my email, too, or that's I'm fine with that? That's a yeah. Point. I mean, you can email me at alex.sanso at gmail.com. And um, Sanso is S like Sam, A-N-S like Sam O. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Or like uh, we say it, Latinas, Hispanics. <laughs> are you uh -huh. are you all Spaniard? Uh, yeah. So yeah. So my dad was Argentine. Okay. But his dad was from Spain. His, you know, his family was from Spain. And then my mother is from Colombia. And I was born and raised in LA. So Oh wow. <laughs> so I am I am I am Latina. I do speak Spanish and I'm very proud of my Latina heritage and uh I should speak better Spanish than I do because I was too lazy when I was younger. <laughs> but I've gotten much better in my later years, because, you know, and my, and my mom lives nearby. So anytime I see my mom, it's all like pure Spanish. I love to just speak Spanish with her and nothing else. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. I also didn't know when you did the discovery call that that was the case. I think I learned that through a group call when you mentioned it, um, mm. I think Sanso, I wasn't thinking Spanish and then right. I got on a group call and I love the way you say it. San Sanso. So it, yeah, in Spain, it's Sanso. Sanso, see? Sanso, yeah, yeah. I love and it. some people, some people that I know around here who just, they're used to seeing my name, but they don't necessarily hear it all the time. And they're fully American and they naturally pronounce it Sanso, like, which I think is sweet. Like, it's like, oh, that's, that's <laughs> nice. You're, you know, <laughs> but and yeah, I just. Spanish twist to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alex, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I love your energy. Thank you. It's just some of the really good energy that comes out of you. I don't think I've said oh, that before. Thank you. I love it when you show up on calls, just the energy you bring to the group. I really, really appreciate you. And I'm so thank glad you, you were willing to do this because I don't think I've interviewed. I have to go back and 
my brain is so full of information. I don't think I've interviewed anyone where we've specifically talked about being in a tourist area or souvenirs. So the people with those types of businesses or the people who design and run a brick brick and mortar business, like they're all, you just tapped into like so many other people's business models. And I really appreciate it. Oh, that's wonderful. If if this helps anybody else in any way, that's awesome. And if any of the members or anyone wants to, you know, anybody who's listening to the podcast wants to get, you know, contact me and ask questions about that journey, I'm happy to, to share what I can. And I really appreciate you, Kathy. Thank you so much for giving so much that you do, because you really just, I don't know how you do it, but thank God that you do. It's great. It's great. (laughs) Thank you. And if you're listening to this podcast episode and you want to see the show notes, this is episode 174. 